Sarah, thank you so much for being on today. And thanks for an awesome conversation we had offline the other day. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, um, I don't often get to have a ton of conversations with people offline before they come on the podcast. And usually they're like 10, 15 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. um, but ours was pretty in depth and I yeah. um, was really grateful for that. Me too. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure where to even begin with this conversation, you know? So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like any conversation. I think, you know, you just kind of feel it out. You go with it. It's been my whole thing with, uh, doing this podcast, 200 plus episodes now. So, uh, a lot of time spent talking to people, but I know we were discussing the topic of adoption and something that I know was very close to both of our hearts. So we'll just start there Mm -hmm. and talking about your experience with adoption. Yeah. And there's just been some developments on this end to share with you actually just Mm -hmm. within the last couple of days. But uh, yeah, I was adopted from birth of South Lake Tahoe um, in March, 1991. Um, And my childhood was wonderful, amazing. Um, My adoptive parents were lovely Uh, But all throughout my life, I had a a bit of a curiosity to know, you know, where I come from and who my biological family is, you know, because my parents were very great in always telling me about my adoption. Like I remember as young as possible, them telling me that, you know, it came from a different family and I'm with them and they're my family that sort of thing. So I really appreciate that my parents were very honest and open with me about that. Um, Something they weren't as honest and open with uh, was like me reaching out to or communicating with my biological family that it's not that they like didn't want me to outrightly, but they like just didn't do much in the way of, you know, connecting me to my biological family. Uh, so I didn't really meet them or know them. I didn't know really much anything about them. Um, for the first 
22 years of my life. Uh, when I was 22, I received a letter from my biological mother that she wrote me. Uh, she sent it to my parents when I was born and they sort of decided at what point in my life they thought I would be ready. And they decided after I graduated college and, you know, receiving it, it was just, uh, one of those paradigm shift moments in my life, Mm. um, where I had sort of just created this idea in my mind of, um, of what I thought, you know, the story was right. And a lot of it actually, I have to say was, was right. It was actually correct. But a lot of it wasn't <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, and the first thing that wasn't true was that she didn't want to meet me. The, that was an idea in my mind was that maybe my biological mom or dad just had no interest in in meeting me. Because that's the case for many, unfortunately, for some adoptees. Um, so I, you know, just sort of fell into that belief for a while. But then um, around that age when I read the letter from my biological mother saying that she would like to meet me, I, you know, was just like, okay. Uh, and my parents actually never read that letter. They kept it sealed. Mm. Um, so they didn't know that she had written that either. Um, and you know, I, at that point, the curiosity started to grow, uh, of, you know, who, okay, well maybe, you know, maybe this is something I'll pursue at some point. And uh, for the next few years, I sort of thought about it off and on. It it was like a repeating idea in my mind, thinking about, man, like little quirks and little personality traits and little things about myself that are so different than anybody I've ever met. And thinking like, maybe if I met my biological family, they would understand, you know, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, And uh, that curiosity just over the years got much, much more. And, um, it was last year, actually, uh, age 28 that I finally was like, I got to do it. I got to reach out to them. I got to find them. And, um, I was very lucky at my job at the time. One of my colleagues was very much into like genealogy and ancestry and that sort of thing. And so he had actually, you know, he told me basically that he could help me in maybe finding somebody in my family and he found my biological grandmother's phone number, which was just amazing. My uh, grandfather as well, of course, uh, just their like home number. And he gave it to me. I ended up kind of holding on to it and, you know, thinking for a second, like, should I do this? And being me, I'm like, I can't wait. So yeah. <laughs> I picked up the phone and it's actually, it's so crazy because this was a year ago today that I called them. Wow. <laughs> Today is the one year anniversary. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was sitting there in my office. It was like seven 30 at night. Um, uh, no, no, it was like six 30 at night, but I guess nine 30 in their time. Cause they're in Missouri and, uh, they picked up the phone. I heard a gentleman on the other side, on the other line. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, I-, I was like the moment that I, heard his voice I was like wait what if he like doesn't know about me what if mm, <laughs> what if like what if I'm yeah. opening a whole can of worms you know but he did know about me and he was thrilled to hear from me and I spoke with him for about maybe five or ten minutes and then he handed the phone over uh, to my biological grandmother and she was just an absolute 
a sweetheart. <laughs> she was so kind and turns out that she was also adopted from birth. So me and her just immediately had this major thing in common and something that both of us had found um, kind of difficult to find somebody else who really understood um, sort of our feelings about adoption because many, many adoptees and all throughout my life, including my sister, who's also adopted, um, they just don't, either they know enough about their biological family that they don't have a lot of curiosity or they just don't really have much interest. But for me, I always, always had this curiosity, this, this thing, um, of wanting to know more. And my biological grandma also related to that. Um, she didn't pursue uh, finding out much about her biological family until she was much older, but she ended up going down like the rabbit hole <laughs> of like ancestry and D mm -hmm. DNA 23 and me and like pieced together like a lot of our ancestral history. It's amazing, you know, how much she's done. And she actually sent that to me. So it's been just really cool to not only reconnect with my family, but to also, you know, learn so much about <laughs> my um, background, you know, and uh, my ancestors and where I come from and in that regard. So it's just been um, really fascinating, um, just really fascinating. That's sort of the story. I don't know if you have any questions or want to sort of take the conversation in a certain direction. Oh, don't worry about it. I, I have plenty of directions to go. <laughs> okay. I, no, sure. I'm, yes. I'm very absolutely. used to moving things along. Um, yeah. So I want to go backwards a little bit. Let's take a step okay. back. And yeah. the letter. Let's talk about the letter. Um, yes. Tell me about how you were feeling opening the letter and your first thoughts reading it. Oh my gosh. So I remember, I remember the moment I was sitting at my parents' house. My parents have a beautiful, beautiful home. They have this big dining table. Um, and I was sitting at the dining table, the same dining table I ate dinner at, you know, every night growing up as a kid. And they hand me this letter. And this is after me, like, sort of asking them and, you know, us having a little back and forth about it. Um, like whether I was ready or not and that sort of thing. And I knew, you know, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm really ready. And they finally agreed. They were like, okay, we think you're ready. And um, I was like shaking. My hands were shaking. <laughs> and I, I opened up the letter. And like I said, it, it I, I thought for most of my life that me, she didn't really have much interest in meeting me for some reason. I don't know why, you know, I defaulted to that, but, um, that's just how I felt. And in reading her letter, she said, you know, this is just what I have to do. And I, I hope you'll understand. And I hope that someday we can reconnect and I hope that you'll try to find me. And, you know, it was just that moment of realizing, okay, well, this is something that I'm going to do. Um, but that was, you know, six years before I actually did it. So it took quite a bit of time from opening that letter <laughs> to actually getting to the point of finding her because for many years, that was the challenge was like, I didn't even know where to begin. Um, I had a, a few 
ideas of where to start. Um, I had um, her name, my uncle's name, um, and two of my aunt's names. And I look, but they're all very common names. They're Todd Kelly, Lori mm-hmm. Kelly, you know, like yeah, there's a million common. of those. Yeah, it's it's hard to find those kinds of people, on, especially on a site like Facebook where there's, you know, so billions of people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was just never able to find them. Um, I reached out to a few people on Facebook, like asking, like, hey, um, do you think maybe, you know, and I didn't hear anything back. Uh, and yeah, that that was that was probably the biggest challenge and why it took so long um, was just not knowing even where to begin with any sort of search and not having money or like somebody in my life, like pushing me to do it. Cause I've been sort of on my own, you know? Um, but my colleagues at the time, that's why I just, I have to say, just express so much gratitude to that particular job and those that team of people um, because I was really going through a tough mental time. Um, This really took a toll on my mental health from probably age 25 or so to to 28 when I did finally reach out. Um, You know, I, um, I, I, the more questions that I had that were unanswered in time, like those questions start to like, seep in a little deeper and mm-hmm. you know i was start my 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 day-to-day life was starting to be impacted because i was so like i don't know who i am you know i don't know where i'm from um and just that need to know just got more and more and more um to the point that i was like okay i, I really have to do this. and even like i said even my colleagues my team at the time was like you know we'll help you in trying to find this out uh, cause they even saw how important it was to me at that time. So, um, I'm just very grateful, very grateful that they helped me out with that, especially Tom, my colleague, I'll, I'll just straight up acknowledge Tom, mm-hmm. uh, for what he did. Cause it was just incredible, really. I mean, um, I, my whole life has transformed and I actually, like I said, at the beginning of the conversation, uh, had a development just yesterday. Breaking I, news. Breaking news. Yeah. I uh, heard from, I got a call from my aunt Kim. So my biological aunt Kim, uh, she is just <laughs> a firecracker, uh, unbelievable energy, like my energy times 10. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. You know, to talk to somebody so similar to myself, having grown up, not really having many people very similar to myself around. And it was just amazing. Me and her spoke for a couple hours and she lives in Florida. I'm thinking actually maybe about visiting her soon. Mm -hmm. And um, my uncle Todd called me later. (laughs) So I got a call, a a two two family member call in one day, which was just amazing. amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then I spoke with Todd. He lives in Oregon and I talked to him for, a a couple hours last night too. And, you know, it was just amazing to be able to, to, um, connect with them. So, um, so do you have an idea of like why your, your birth mom placed you for adoption? Yeah, she, I, I have always known, I've always known this. This is something that I, some sort of knowledge that I was born with, but she, uh, it just wasn't, she just wasn't able to take care of me. And she knew that 
this was what she had to do. Um, yeah, she, she was just, it was just one of those things. Like she, she knew she had a, a lot that she wanted to do in her life and in her career. Uh, but she didn't want to make another choice for me. And she wanted to, you know, give me life. And she just knew that adoption was the choice. And then when she found my parents, she knew that, that they were going to be the perfect people to raise me. And they were the perfect people to raise me They're, You know, there's, I, I, this is something we touched on in our previous conversation, mm -hmm. but my parents were brought into my life for a reason. And this is the way that my life was supposed to be. And I feel very confident in that. Like my parents, this is how my life was supposed to be. I was supposed to be with them. And now that I have made this connection back to my biological family, it's really cool now to sort of, you know, be able to blend both sides of myself. But my adoptive family, which I would love to spend some time talking about now too, um, mm -hmm. they are just seriously the most incredible humans I've ever met. Uh, that's where I was talking to you and giving you so much acknowledgement and credit in our previous conversation about you and your choice to adopt um, your daughter and just sort of how similar I think that the story and the purpose is in why my parents chose to adopt me. And I just think that, you know, adoption is just such an incredibly amazing thing that for some reason is like this sort of untalk, unspoken, yeah. Strange. <laughs> you know, you don't hear a whole lot about it. Yeah. It's uh, it's, we, we mentioned before, it's kind of this weird phenomena that it's, it's such an amazing thing, but it's um, not really, you know. Um, it's strange because I feel like yeah. it's, there's this weird stigma still on some level yeah. about adoption, yeah. which is like crazy to me because uh, I think that, you know, there are people who still believe that like, you know, I, I don't like the term when somebody says, well, I want my own child. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> Uh, I mean, do you mean you want a biological child? Like, you know, I think when you're when you're an adoptive parent or you're an adoptee, you learn the terminology. Just like if you live mm -hmm. in another culture, there's different slang and different, you know, um, communities and how people communicate with each other. And the adoption community, it's very much like that. Like, you don't say your own child. Or you don't say you put somebody up for adoption. Like, these are things that if you're not in it, you're not educated, you realize those are not good terms to say and those right. things. So I think, you know, it's like you've said, clearly, you know, like biological um, mother or biological father, or adoptive parents, you know, you know, the terminology yeah. behind it. And a lot of people yeah. who are not familiar, you know, well, that's their real mom. I, I can't stand that either. I'm like, yeah, no, no. What that's does that a, mean? Ooh, that's know? a big no. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean real mom? Like, and for that, anybody who listens to this, a lot of people listen is I would, as an adoptive father, a parent, uh, I've never had a biological child, so I can't speak on that, but I have an uh, adopted child and I can't imagine it being different in the feeling. I mean, I love my daughter with everything and we are not related, but she, it doesn't, it doesn't matter 
And I think sometimes we we are so into this sense of biology, so tied to it. Um, but I think sometimes it's good to loosen that sense of biology because I think if you just allow love to be the main factor, you will love that child no matter what with that. Absolutely. And being adopted in this life has forced me and my whole family to just understand the value of compassion and love for everybody. You know, that's something that I feel like has been just sort of hardwired into me in this life. Uh, And it's something that I now feel like is a, is a gift uh, that I can share. And I think all adoptive families and foster parents, um, many foster parents out there, um, you know, yeah, they, they understand what true, you know, selflessness is. And as well as like my biological mother and like the choice that she made, you know, like, Many people I imagine have criticized her. I think even I know that her family has criticized her. I'm sure. And yeah. And, you know, oh, why we could have taken care of her, that sort of thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not, that's not the point, right? Like the point is that she knew that I would have a better life somewhere else. And that's the choice that she made. She was, she was 18 at the time, 19 when I was born and she knew she found my parents and they so i by blood am half korean and half white she's mm-hmm. mostly british scottish uh like british origin uh but my uh and then i'm half korean but my my, my adoptive parents are my dad's chinese and my mom is caucasian so <laughs> i fit in really perfectly and that's mm-hmm a huge reason that my bio, my biological mother was so thrilled that she found my parents and why she, you know, it made her decision a lot easier because she was like, man, these are going to be such wonderful people to raise her and give her uh, such a wonderful life. And I imagine that your uh, daughter <laughs> um, and her biological mother, you know, probably has, has maybe a similar reason in, in meeting you guys and knowing what a good life you would you would provide for her and how much you would love her. And that's yeah. really what I got from my parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I try to be as transparent as possible about as many things as possible in my life and take the veil off. And this podcast is a lot about that. It's like, listen, why do we hide so much stuff in, in life? Yeah. And I think our adoption story is one that I love to talk about because I think yeah. it's important. I remember meeting um, my daughter's ado- um, biological mother in a room with my wife and, you know, she was in her belly mm. and that moment and her coaching us and they're telling us the reasons why she wanted to place our daughter for adoption, her daughter for adoption with us. And mm-hmm. I just think there's just takes so much courage to be an adoptive parent and to be a birth mother placing yeah. a child. And I think to me, um, everybody has a different journey, but you know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to keep a child just because it's mine, but then not give the child a good life and just to keep it because of that. But there's a whole nother thing to know that you're not in a good space. Um, and for our, you know, my daughter's birth mother, she was extremely impoverished mm. and same age, 18, 19. 
and already had a daughter already. Mm. Um, so she had been on that cycle of having kids really young, you know, before you start your life. And mm -hmm. I never forget reading the paperwork and they asked her why she was doing this. And she said, because I don't want my child to grow up in poverty. Mm. I don't want my child to have a bad life. And I often think how many lives would be better if people actually looked at themselves and said, I, I'm not good to do this. I'm not, you know, I can't provide a good space yeah. for a child. And there, here's a great option to provide another family. Everybody wins when you make the right decision with it, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I just think that in so many cases, it's a, there's, there's only two options, it seems, right? Like when, at pregnancy. But yeah. adoption is, I feel like there should be some way, and I, I don't know, I don't know how to do it. You know, I don't know where to even begin, mm -hmm. but it should be more of an option. You know, it should be more spoken about and, and, and discussed uh, and, and destigmatized. And the positive stories of adoption, like mine and your daughter's story, mm -hmm. should be out there, right? And this is why, like, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because yeah. – this is something that I want to put out. Like, I feel like there are so many d dark stories of adoption and, yeah. you know, bad, bad, bad things that have happened and bad parents that have adopted kids for all these horrible reasons. But that's right. like not, that's not the whole story at all. Uh, and there are many, many positive stories of adoption. And I know many, my sister has another positive story of adoption. My best friend, Kelsey, is another positive story of adoption. Like I know so many adoptees that are just so unbelievably grateful for the fact that they were adopted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like even to the point that, you know, there's like adoption jokes, like people throw that out there like, oh, well, you're adopted as if it's like some horrible thing. And right. You know, that, that never made sense to me. That sort of thing never made sense to me. It's like sort of like criticizing somebody for like being attractive, you know, it's, I don't know. It just like, doesn't make sense. It's weird, you know? right? Like if you ever yeah. watch movies from like, uh, I, I know grow, I grew up in the eighties and, you know, I loved watching movies from the eighties, but if you go back in some of those movies and stuff, there's jokes about adoption in them where yeah. they're like, oh, he's adopted. We don't right. know anything. You know, it's like, it's this, it's just ping like there's something wrong with you or that's why you're crazy because you're adopted or something like that. And it's just really, it's, I can't imagine during that time for people who are adopted during that time, or even now I'm sure that that's probably very hurtful to hear it those was. things, you know, it was growing up cause I did hear it a lot. And I always, um, I always like spoke out and defended myself to those sort of things. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, you know, I, I have a, I feel like I have a really good sense of humor and I can laugh about a lot of things, but that's sort of where I cross my line. <laughs> yeah. When people start making those kinds of jokes, I'm like, okay, that's not funny. Um, you know, I guess maybe just cause it is so personal, but, uh, yeah. it also just doesn't make sense. Like I said, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, like there's, there's a lot that you can make fun of, but that to me is not something to really be made fun of. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the other thing too, I think is in the nineties, I remember so much that celebrity adoption was like a oh, huge yeah. thing in the news. 
Um, and so I think a lot of people started seeing adoption as, well, that's something you go and you like, you get a child from like Africa or right. China <laughs> or something. And I think it also, it kind of broke down to me, not in a positive way. Like if you really, if, if anybody listens to this and they're on the fence about adoption, there are children in your town that need adopted that literally in your city that are waiting it's not an international, you hear about the highlights of it, like the international adoption and somebody traveled back and forth to his faraway land to get a child. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Anytime you're helping a child that needs help, that's great. But you don't realize how many U.S. children need adopted in your city, right next to you. It, yeah, it's, an, it's actually incredible the amount of children that need adoption. That's absolutely correct. And you know, this is definitely something that I've thought quite a bit about myself. And it's, I'm just so glad again, that we're, we're giving this a little bit of voice and that we're talking about this, because like you said, if there is, is a, if there are parents out there that are on the fence or, you know, maybe they're struggling to conceive, this is a really good option. You know, my parents, uh, they, they tried to have biological children. They, you know, gave it a, a shot for a few years, but they just weren't able to conceive. My parent, my mom was not ever going to do like in vitro or go that far to, you know, conceive. So her and my dad decided, all right, well, we can adopt children because they, my dad has a, 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 he had a great job. He still has, a, you know, good jobs, but he was working a really, really good job. My mom was working a really good job as well. She was a teacher and they, um, knew that they would be able to give a great life to children and that they were at that point in their life where, you know, they, they, my mom was 40, my dad was 39 when they adopted me. Um, they were, I guess, a couple years younger than that when they adopted my sister, who's, she's two and a half years older than me. Um, but you know, they were getting closer to their forties and that's when they decided they were like, okay, this is the time where we're going to have kids. And I think that, uh, there are so many cases like that, right? Where there are people out there that are very capable of giving children such a good life. And there are so many kids out there that are in need, like you said. So why not, you know, um, you know, just have to get over this whole biological aspect constantly of like, you know, my own child or the real, like, it's just, I understand there's a biological pull to procreate, and to yeah. have, you know, kind of your lineage and stuff like that. But if the reason is just because you want somebody to look like you, that's, I don't, that's a pretty shallow reason, you know, to have a child, in my opinion. It's, it's really not necessary because the physicality, yeah. the physical nature of our relationship with each other is really irrelevant. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the emotional, spiritual, social relationship that we have. I'm sure you know, and I know there are plenty of people who have had biological families and they don't get along. It doesn't mean that because you have a biological child that you're going to have this amazing relationship with your child and stuff. And, and other news flashes, when you, if you get with a significant other, you're not related to them either. So how do you explain that? <laughs> you know, getting, <laughs> keeping that relation, you know what I mean? Like you're not biologically related to your spouse generally, right. or your significant other. And you make generally, if you, you know, it doesn't always work out, but you know, it's, I think this, this tie to biology, we need to loosen the grip on it a little bit. You know, I'm not saying it's not important, but I just think that like, it's not everything. 
Yeah. It's it's not everything. And you can have just as loving a relationship with someone you're not related to, a child, you know, yeah. it's it's there's plenty of cases of amazing amazing people being raised by people that were not biologically related to them. And in fact, what's interesting is a lot of people are so worried about telling people they're they're adopted. But if you actually went around a room of people, there are a lot of people who are adopted in that room. They just have, don't tell you that mm. thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. My, you know, my whole life, like, I know I mentioned earlier, um, sort of that need to find my biological family, which is kind of the interesting thing about, um, about biology mm-hmm. as a factor, right? Um, it's because, definitely a factor, but I'll just say it shouldn't be yeah. everything, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that as I get to know my biological family more, like I think some of that mysticism that has been in my life mm-hmm. that, you know, that, uh, that, that space in my mind of thinking about them as like these mythical creatures, you know, like, <laughs> and now actually getting to know them and getting to like, meet them and see them and know that they're just real people out there. Like I'm sure that in time, you know, like the relationship that I've had with my family, my adoptive family, my whole life, like that, they will always be my family, you know, first and foremost, always. And like, I'm just so grateful that I can explore that side of my biology. And I know that your, your daughter, um, mm-hmm. does know her biological mother and she has gotten she that chance to, you know, really explore that side of herself earlier on. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest challenge for me, right. Is just not, not having any, any sort of idea at all about my biological family. And just imagine, you know, being 28 years old and having no clue, not, mm. no, nothing, at all. No information. You know, that, that was the reason why I had to, you know, really just oh, yeah. bite the bullet and find them. Cause the, the, the not knowing was, um, for me, it was just too much. And I have to say, like, I know that this is not the same, not, not everybody has the same sort of feeling. I actually, um, reached out to somebody who, you know, I don't think anybody in my family even really knows him. But I found somebody on Ancestry last year who's like a second cousin. Mm-hmm. And we like thought about like where we could draw it back to. And because he was also adopted around the same time, actually, that my biological uh, grandmother was adopted, um, you know, they both split. And I found him. He lived, you know, in the, a, a town close to to me and he had really no curiosity. It was funny talking to him because he had no real curiosity his entire life. And I was the first person to (laughs) reach out to him. (laughs) And, um, and he was like, yeah, when we met, he was like, it's cool to meet you. But he, I guess that just wasn't a big factor for him in his life. That amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing how, you know, different people's experiences are and how different, you know, sort of lifelines take you in different directions. And yeah, it was just really, really fascinating um, to, to connect with him. Um, Just in thinking about him, I'm wondering like where in the family he would fit. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think it's okay for it. I think everybody has different pulls for yeah. biology. You know, I think it's like you clearly have one aspect of it. I think my daughter is probably a lot more like you. She's only nine, but she, even though we've been very open with her, I, I always ask her any, answer any questions she has. Like she has no clue about her birth father, but neither do we. So yeah. I can't really answer, but I always tell her, I am more than happy to help you find him in the future, mm. you know, as you get older. And I said, and I'm honest, I said, it may be wonderful and it may be terrible. I mean, there's two, it, I don't know. Yeah. It could be, but be prepared for both that it could be. But then, you know, I never forget when we did our adoption classes and they, you know, the, the beautiful thing I think about the agency when we went through Catholic Charities is they, they are amazing. And they brought in everything from newborn children all the way up to adult adoptees throughout the course of all these classes, because they wanted you to see every stage of the child's life up to being an adult. And I never forget this 16-year-old girl who was there with her adoptive mother, and she was telling the story of meeting her biological mother at a McDonald's the first for the first time when she was 16. And I never forget her saying, like, I didn't really desire to meet her, but um, I figured why not? And And she met her and she said the biological mother was so broken up about it and so sorry and everything. And oh my what was interesting wow. was that the her daughter had no feelings for her during the meeting. And she was just like, she was broken up and I wasn't about it. And I thought that was so strange at the time. But it just she didn't have a pull towards it. And I felt the biological mother was so regretful about it. But the daughter was like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> everything's wow. good for me. And it was almost like she had to counsel her biological mother during the time, a 16-year-old wow. for that. And I remember wow. thinking, there's different sides of this. And then there was other stories where the people, they just had to know. It was like eating them alive. So yeah. it just depends on the yeah. spectrum of it, you know. Yeah, my my sister, my adopted sister, she totally is is that way you know she mm. she has no real interest in her biological family they actually reached out to her and this oh. is where i you know was like jealous of her uh, for a long time because around uh gosh it must have been 2005 or 2006 or so like the the earliest days of the internet you know back <laughs> back when it was like everybody was on AOL instant messenger mm -hmm. that um Somehow her biological family found her. I think it was actually on MySpace. Um, and her biological sister, I guess, contacted her and she deleted the message and said, I don't care. I don't want to respond. Oh. Yeah. And that's just how she's been about it sort of ever since. And I, on the other hand, was like, Oh my God, I wish someone in my family would reach out to me. <laughs> and I was just like waiting by my computer for like years, like, oh my God, maybe yeah. somebody, maybe, maybe it'll happen for me. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's just so incredible, right? How different certain experiences can be and how different perspectives can be. And like, um, you know, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I guess in my in my particular case, I do feel sort of like an anomaly sometimes in mm -hmm. sort of how things panned out for me. And at least up until now, um, 
all of my communication with my biological family has been really positive. Yeah. I feel very lucky in that because I know that that's not the case for so many. Like they right. they reach out and then it's sort of like not necessarily what they expected. And, uh, you know, like they find certain things out about the family that like make them sort of, you know, they feel disappointed in <laughs> yeah. certain ways or whatever. And my biological mother, like she 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 ended up uh, after I was born, she ended up getting on a in a car and just driving cross country. And she wasn't really sure where she wanted, what she wanted to do. And she ended up staying in Louisiana forever. She fell in love with Mm -hmm. Louisiana and then she ended up becoming a a physicist. She got her master's in physics. Crazy. And yeah. (laughs) And I think, I think back to like, if she kept me, there's probably, she probably would not have been able to do that. And, you know, it's just like, Man, I'm just so happy for her that she built such a good life, you know, and that she was able to do so much and that like, you know, it's, it, and and now, you know, we have this gift of being able to re- reconnect at this point in our lives. And I just think like, this is a much healthier connection, <laughs> than, <laughs> you know, like what, what would have happened perhaps if she had kept me, you know, like, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I, amazing. how many times have you heard of people who, have been born to somebody and they struggle with their relationship with the, you know, mother, daughters or something, or they don't talk mm-hmm. to each other or whatever. I mean, it could be, and it's, you just never know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's actually, that's why I think it's kind of like the biology, while it is important, I think it's it definitely not, doesn't mean that you can't have an extremely strong pull to someone that you're not related to. I mean, think about it. some people are way closer to their friends than they are yeah. their family. That happens all the time, you know, to, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time to non-adoptees. Like most of my friends, you know, like their, their best friends and their, the community that they hang out with the most are, uh, not, not family, you know, Yeah, (laughs) we, we choose our family, you know, we have chosen family. We of course have biological family, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's, there, everybody has chosen family and people that they yeah. uh, want to spend time with versus, you know, blood family that you sometimes have to spend time with. <laughs> have you girl ever... screaming outside here? Yeah, I'm I hear. Very sorry it's about that. Funny. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. It's, I heard it. I was like, well, somebody's having a good time. She goes know? outside you know? and plays <laughs> or, like or they're once upset. a day like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. No, she, she's oh, having fun, but she have a you good know, time. She, you know, uh, I know I never worry about. Stuff yeah, like we'll that. let her. Yeah. We'll let her have fun. <laughs> let her rip, man. And this is not a manicure thing. You know, it's just it's life. Life is not perfect. You know, recordings yeah. aren't perfect. It's fine. You know, but have you actually met your birth mom, or have you just talked to her? I've just spoken with her, so that's sort of where COVID uh, just put a big knife. I mean, COVID put a big knife in all of our lives in some way, but, um, it definitely put a big knife in my, my plan to try to visit her and see her, uh, and my, and my other family members. But, um, yeah, I, I, cause like I said, I contacted them a year ago today and then I didn't have enough time, you know, within four months, I guess, three months or so to actually coordinate meeting them. Uh, I was actually planning maybe to go out to Louisiana or uh, Missouri, where they are, sometime this summer. 
that was like mm -hmm. my idea in January before COVID. But when COVID came, I was like, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not yeah. going to risk traveling <laughs> across yeah. the country right now. So I'm just sort of waiting for things to get a little bit better and maybe travel to um, be a little bit more of an option. So I'm hoping I'll be able to visit them soon. I'm not sure when, but my uncle actually, Todd, my biological uncle, Todd, he uh, might be visiting. He's from Oregon. Mm -hmm. I spoke with him yesterday and I might actually get a chance to visit him because his daughter's birthday is in a few days and they're going to be just doing like a drive down the coast uh, yeah. down to San Francisco. Cause I guess she's maybe thinking about moving here to the Bay area. So um, yeah, there, I might get a chance to meet them soon, which would be very exciting. What do you imagine it will be like meeting your biological mother? Oh man, I, I have to say that I feel very lucky in that me and her have gotten this time to get to know each other mm -hmm. <laughs> because had we just met right off the bat, like maybe it wouldn't have been the best. So things happen the way that they're supposed to. So I think the fact that we have gotten to know each other now over this year and there will be even more time up until then, like I do imagine that our original meeting is going to be pretty good, pretty positive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it'll be, I, I really can't even imagine uh, that feeling, that, that sensation. But, uh, I, I just, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it'll be really good. <laughs> Sounds like it. I mean, if you're building a relationship through talking and connecting, I always think that's a really positive way of building a relationship, you know, spending the time in any relationship, you know, just getting to know each other through chatting and things of that nature. I think probably be really po uh, positive. I can't wait for you to meet your biological mother. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just so exciting to finally pursue that and and have that in my life and it you know, it it it's just one of those important relationships that um I think if it seems like the right thing to do then then do it and in my particular case I definitely think that it's the right thing for me to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess in my, in, in, in sharing this story, I think that it's important, of course, to note, like my experience with this is unique and I have, I really do respect others out there who don't feel the same way that I do, who, yeah you know, um, don't have that interest. And it, it, my interest in it is, um, just my experience. And it's something that I, I don't know, after years and years, um, in my life, I'm almost 30 now. And I, I just can't imagine a different time in my life doing this. Like this seems like the right time. <laughs> to do something like this. And I think that to, to the other adoptees out there, like if there's a younger person that might be listening, like I, I, I really think that waiting a little bit longer in life was the right choice. Um, because I'm more matured. My, my biological family is more matured. Like we're all, yeah. I think in a much better place to meet each other. When I was younger, 
I was a lot more volatile. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. I would have been able to like emotionally handle meeting them, you know? And yeah. it, 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 I, I'm just very grateful for like the timing and like my patience and how sort of, um, you know, they say patience is a virtue. And I think in my case, like all those years of racking my brain and like not knowing and like wanting to find them and blah, 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 like being in, in that sort of condition uh, would not have been the best time to meet them. You know, like that would not, yeah. when I was under that much stress and that much like anxiety and that much like fear about it, like I don't think I would have been able to really process it correctly. And I don't think I would have gone into like those relationships the right way. But now, like, because I've, you know, like I'm, I'm just like more mature and I'm more able to handle it. Uh, I just think that I will have a good chance at developing, you know, good, meaningful relationships with my biological mother and my biological family, like other family members. Um, and it's, you know, I, I just can't imagine it, it happening so well on a different timeline. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I just have to say like patience in my case was, was very, very helpful. And that's, um, I'm glad that I didn't try to rush through any of the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just wonderful that you're willing to talk about it. It's something that I think is really important. Like when we, we were connecting, I was driving in my car and we were having this conversation and I just remember feeling so, um, hopeful. And I went home and I was telling my wife, I was like, Oh, I met this person, Sarah. She's, adopted and my wife's face lit up because we just love talking about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and the different stories. I just think it's something that's not talked about enough. And I make sure I talk to my daughter about it. We watch that show Long Lost Family pretty regularly Mm -hmm. where adopt, you know, adoptees find their biological family. And it's just like, my daughter loves it. Anytime she hears somebody who's adopted, she goes, oh, that's incredible. I love people who are adopted. I love being adopted. It's such a great thing. And she always tells me, she says, daddy, when I grow up, I want to have a biological child and an adopted child. I want to do both. And I was like, okay, you do you, man. (laughs) But we're making it, uh, you know, a thing that's like, it's normal because it is normal in my opinion. It's not some weird thing or, you know, I just... (laughs) You know, maybe this sounds bad for me. I just, I don't like it being a last resort. I wish it wasn't a last resort for so many people. I'm glad that they get to that point, however it happens. I just hope that this inspires some people to make it their first option in many ways, because there are so many children that they they need good families. There are a lot of good families out there. And um, and there's a lot of kids who desperately just want to be loved. They want to be cared for. They just want to have a home, you know. And you could be you could be that amazing home for them that they really needed for that. And I think being an adoptive parent, it's just been incredibly special. I see my daughter every single day as she's growing, and I I mean I know she's adopted, but I it's hard to remember sometimes too. Yeah. Because you're just living with the person. You're doing the daily thing and you're seeing them grow and and change. And, and, and the weird thing that I have found, and maybe, you know, I'm black, my wife is white, and our daughter's much darker than, both, than me. 
And, Mm -hmm. but still, I feel like the longer you're with somebody, they kind of start looking like you in a weird Mm -hmm. way. I know that's some weird thing, right? Where like adoptive kids start strangely looking like they're parents, their adoptive parents, <laughs> a weird yeah. universe. I don't know how that happens. Maybe it's some perception or mine, but it's kind of like you kind of get that too in some weird way yeah. over time. It's strange. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I never growing up, nobody ever suspected that I was adopted. I blended in very well with my family and I did look, yeah. you know, just like my, my, my parents' child. And that was something that I appreciated so much, especially as a young girl. Like when I say like a lot of these questions and these thoughts didn't come up in my life until I was 22 years old, you know, like Mm -hmm. growing up, uh, that's how I sort of started off. And I would love to sort of, you know, spend a bit of time here of talking about my childhood and um, just how happy and beautiful and wonderful it was. And I, you know, I, I started really getting curious, I would say around 13, 14, but, you know, for for basically the first 18 years of my life, like I didn't have any real interest in in pursuing my biological family. I was just like so grateful and in love with my parents because of how wonderful they were and how much they took care of me. Like my dad was, you know, my hero. He was my like my everything, you know, like he was my, I'm like a daddy's girl, I guess. And, um, yeah, he, he I, I've, I've even taken after him. Like my sister has taken more after my mom. Cause my mom was a, a school teacher and my sister's now a school teacher. My dad was like a business guy and I'm sort of turning into a business girl. So, you know, it's, um, it, it, it it's just amazing, uh, having so much of that, nurture right like the nature versus nurture thing Mm -hmm. um and experiencing so much of 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 what nurturing really means right of of being nurtured by people who genuinely love you and the biological factor like you said like you know that doesn't really matter as long as the family unit is they care for each other and they love each other and they have each other's back and that's what I've always had with my family. Like they have always, always had my back and I have done some crazy stuff and I've made some crazy decisions <laughs> and I put them through some crazy things, you know? Um, and they've always had my back through things that they've even, through things that my dad even told me growing up. Like I will, I will disown you if you do these things. <laughs> I've done those things. I've done those things. And then he hasn't disowned me, you know, he's still by my side. He still loves me. Um, you know, that's like getting a tattoo, things like that. Nothing crazy, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, like that, that family bond and the life that they gave me for, you know, the first 27 years of my life, 28 years of my life, you know, my, my parents still take care of me in many ways. And that's just a bond that can never be broken. Uh, that experience with my family will never be broken. And, I'm just grateful now to be at this point where I can balance both sides, you know, um, in with my biological family and with my adoptive family, because that balancing act is is hard. And I think people have to sort of wait if they do choose to, you know, say you're adopted and you do choose to pursue your biological family. Like it's it's not easy to balance both and you have to be like mentally and emotionally ready (laughs) 
to handle both and you have to respect like everybody's sort of feelings about it. Like my mom and dad and my sister have told me like they don't really want to hear a ton about my biological family. They don't Mm want to really know like the ins and outs of my relationship with them, but they, you know, totally support me in, in having a relationship with them and, you know, pursuing that side, but they just don't really want to know a whole lot about it. And that's something that I have to respect in, in their decision. And I understand why they don't want to, you know, hear like detailed stories about my interactions with them. And that's okay. That's totally fine with me. And I am just so able and open uh, to respect that the, their feelings about that. And, um, you know, I just hope that, that, and I know that they know, like, that side of things, pursuing that side of things, like, doesn't take away at all in any means from, you know, my relationship with them um, and vice versa, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, my my biological family will never be able to take over my relationship with my adoptive family. Like, I have both. And, you know, I just consider myself extremely lucky that I that I do have both, you know, that I have um, – so many people out there that love me and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and care for me. It's it, and that's the gift of adoption. Um, you know, if, yes, if you're it if, if it's done right, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, how you can never have enough people who genuinely love you in your life. You know, you can have you can have an excess of a lot of things and overdo a lot of things in your life. I'm like, oh, you you know, you talk about moderation, right? You know, so much. Oh, never everything in moderation. You could you can never have enough love, genuine love in your life. Yeah. You can have that be excessive, and it will never be excessive if you really think mm-hmm. about it. You know, and if you yeah. can if you can give love to a lot of people in a beautiful way, it is it is transcendent. It is one of the only things in life that you can uh, quote unquote overdo, and it'll still be okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's um. Yeah, I mean, in just just in in your decision, you know, to adopt your daughter and mm-hmm. and give her the life like I think any any adoptive family parents um can can they're just a different breed of humans in my opinion, you know, like you just have to you have to be a different kind of person to um to make that choice to adopt children, but I hope that more and more people like you said, like we're saying um, can can activate that side of themselves and open up to that um, and let you know, like you said, loosen that grip on that need for the biological connection. Yeah. Because man, uh, the the connection that you can make through adoption or even through fostering children is just as powerful, just as yes. just as powerful. Because I mean, again, like we said earlier, like thinking about the connection that you've had with your friends, thinking about the connection that you've had with, you know, like mentors and advisors and uh, mm-hmm. other things in life. Like, imagine that's what an adoptee gets from birth. You yeah. know, is is a mentor for life, somebody who will always be there to take care of them, and who has who who has gone out of their way to to get this child to take care of them. Like you know. Like if you conceive a child and you keep that child, you know, sometimes it's not under circumstances where you're ready, but if you adopt the child, like you, you know, that that kid's going to get a life that, that 
they're they're wanted they're loved you know they're like yeah. that's the difference between adoption and just regular biological birth is it's not to say that right regular biological birth doesn't always result in like some like bad thing but it's just i mean how many stories have you heard out there of of biological mothers you know not really being able to take care of children and like you yeah. said just this is such a it's just such a it's such such a great option uh something that just should be like you said an easier or at least a higher on the option list and as well as like even thinking about practitioners and doctors and like the way that mm -hmm. you know they talk about adoption because i know that that's a problem too is that yes. there's stigma in 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 the medical profession and they you know still have maybe this idea that biological birth is somehow like superior or more desirable than adoption but if it's coming from your your practitioner you know and um yeah. from professionals in your life that are you know advising you and offering this as an option like i think that that's that's something that i think could be easily changed like you said like, like in our previous yeah in our previous you know, conversation we talked about like the nine fam the, the the families that go through nine rounds of in vitro you yeah, know that sort of thing yeah. At what point can you intercept that and maybe say, hey, why not think about this other choice, you know? I mean, you're spending a lot of money, and you're going to spend money anyways if you adopt a child, generally speaking, if you mm -hmm. go to an agency or whatever like that. I just think, like, it's to me, there's a great um, parallel to a lot of things in life with adoption. It's You kind of think about the times we're in and all the division and how some groups of people have ideas about other groups of people and they live in their echo chambers about what they think this population is like or this party mm -hmm. of people are like without actually having a conversation with people on the other side that they think are so bad or opposed to their things. And I think if for me, I was really fortunate. Like I had a client of mine who uh, had adopted two uh, children and they're adults um, at the point when I started talking to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't know that they were his adopted children. And mm -hmm. he was, and he just told me one day and he said, you know, he encouraged my wife and I to adopt. He was very into it, him and his wife. He's like, you should really think about it. Yeah. And I think what really put me over the edge is one day he sat me down and he said, you have to realize the weight of the thing that you could do. Like you actually may break the chain of poverty for a family by adopting wow. a child. Now, you actually will create a generational tsunami, if you will, of change. And th that, that family may actually continue this chain of poverty, 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 but your interception into that life could actually break that chain of poverty by doing adoption and create this whole other arc, a narrative of a child's life where they actually get out of that. Because so many... Um, uh, you know, biological mothers who are doing adoption, a lot of it is like they're really young. Um, mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of resources. It's a difficult time in their lives. And they just repeat, that gets repeated over and over again. Yeah. The cycle of poverty, of ha being a young mother, whole type of thing, and never being able to get ahead. And I remember him saying, you know, looking at his kids and one of the kids who was actually abandoned at the hospital. And 
they adopted the child uh, from that situation. And mm-hmm. she's like, think, he's like, think about the life this child would have had. Wow. Abandoned yeah. at the hospital. And then, and, yeah. and then she came from not a great background. And, but he said, this changed her whole narrative. Now she's a pharmacist. She's extremely uh, successful in her life because they took her in. Yeah. And, and that's what I want people to know was like, you actually, that was one of our big reasons for Michelle and I was like, we wanted to break the cycle of poverty for a child. And we've hopefully, I think so far I've done that. Yeah. And hopefully that's what's in, if you think about it, like that's an incredible gift to give to somebody, to take them away from potentially a certain lifestyle that they're going to perpetuate potentially over and over of the course of their lifetime to break that chain, completely obliterate it and yeah. give them a new perspective. Like to me, that was enough for adoption. That was enough. That was something that meant a lot to me. That is just unbelievable and so, so absolutely correct. And I have to say like my, my sister, um, her, you know, she came from like heavy poverty and her, biological mother was actually, um, 16 when she had my sister, but she was also her second baby. So she had a baby, her first baby when she was 14. Um, so, you know, that breaking that poverty chain, like my sister, absolutely. Um, and my actually, this is where my biological family is kind of interesting because my, um, biological aunt, actually adopted two kids. So in my, in my biological family, I was adopted. My biological grandmother was adopted. My birth mother gave me up for adoption and my aunt Patty adopted two kids. And I guess her two kids came from heavy, heavy poverty. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that need to give back and to make a difference in the world like adoption is a pretty much guaranteed way like if you have the means and you have the capability to take care of a child like you will break that like you said like you will will break break that chain you will you will because kids are they're not born with all the preconceived notions you know like you can you can change a child's life by introducing them to a totally different lifestyle and giving them the opportunity, giving them the resources, giving them the leverage, you know, to build a different sort of life. And like you said, like becoming a pharmacist or becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer, becoming like me, a career coach, you know, Um, just so much opportunity out there. And that's the gift that you're giving somebody. Uh, And, you know, one thing we haven't, touched on is like foster kids and adopting older Mm -hmm. children. You know, me and your, your, your daughter were both adopted from birth, but man, there are so many kids out there, teenagers, young kids, you know, toddlers that are in, in probably more grave need than certain newborns to be adopted. And if you have the means and the capability, that is something that I would say to really, really consider, um, is, is adopting a a child or a teenager because 
those kids, you know, it's just so heartbreaking thinking about it, like how, how, you know, I just can't even imagine how discarded they may, may feel or, um, like the world just doesn't want them for some reason, but they're here for a reason. I believe everybody is here for a reason. And if you can intercept that kid's life and you can be the, the thing that, that takes that person in a completely different direction, like that's what life is all about. You know, that's what this life is all about is about doing things like that, about making waves. And if you can impact just one person's life, I think sometimes we get caught up in wanting to do so much and having such a big impact. But if you can adopt a child and just save that one kid's life, that ripple effect could be so Mm. much more, you know, than if you, than if you just, you know, did some, something, I don't know. Like, I just think adoption is just like a guaranteed way of, of really gaining your, gaining your wings, right. Gaining your angel wings. Um, (laughs) it's just an, an absolutely incredible thing to do, uh, as you know, uh, especially when you have the right motivations and you're adopting children mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Cause you know, that's something we haven't acknowledged a lot, but there are certain adoptive parents uh, yeah. out there that don't do it for the right reasons, but totally. Yeah. But if you're doing it for the right reasons and if you're adopting children to make impact, I mean, it's just such a, such an incredible, amazing gift to all parties like it's a gift to the biological mother, it's a gift to the kid, and it's a gift to the parent, the adoptive parents. It's a it's a win 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 at least win, in win, my win. in my <laughs> life. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big win, and I think today is a big win. You telling your story, and I think a lot yeah. of people hearing it. How how can people get in touch with you if they want to chat with you further about your experience and maybe assisting them? On LinkedIn. LinkedIn's probably the best place to connect with me. Uh, my LinkedIn is linkedin.com slash in slash Sarah Wong MG. And as well, I have my website, metamorphosis101.me. That's my coaching website. We haven't talked a ton about what I do as a career coach, but I do okay. life and career coaching, largely inspired by my life and my experience uh, as an adoptee and and having to face so many transitions throughout my life and gaining so many resources of like how to survive and how to move through challenges. So I sort of try to pay that back to my clients now in my work. You see, that's the unique thing though, is you don't have to talk about what you do for a living (laughs) because if people know your heart and they know how you feel about just being a human being and helping other people, that's going to pull them in way more than just telling them about coaching. Yeah, you're right. What you're doing. You're t- and that's you're so what I right. try, try to tell everybody when they come on. I'm like, you need to talk about you and your life and how you care about people, how you love people, how you treat people. And the business is secondary. I mean, it doesn't matter what, you know, if they, if they, if they listen to this and they see your heart, they're more likely to want to see what else you're doing yeah. and be interested in your actual business. But if it's all about your business and the things, the products and things you're doing, yet nobody knows what your heart is. I mean, you may get sales here and there, but people are eventually going to find out who you are. Everybody finds out who other people are eventually over time. You can only hide for so long. And, and show. so I'd rather you just get it out of the way of who you <laughs> actually are first and then you come back around with the other stuff, you know. Totally. I'm 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 
you took the words right out of my mouth. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much yes. for your time. It was honestly a wonderful thank conversation you. and uh, we will continue to stay in touch, of course. So absolutely. Yes. Awesome. You take. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences. And it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.